You ready? Go. Hi, welcome to Tuesday Night Chats with Dr. B. Baker. And we're doing this from New York. Normally, we're at 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard, San Jose, California, 95131. Phone number there is 408-945-4439. And that's the number that you call if you want prayer. Also, you can contact us, and soon we'll have uh, our More Than Enough Ministries website up where we will be talking and giving you the opportunity to, um, you know, go online and ask for prayer. But you can call that phone number, 408-945-4439, and someone will get back to you within 24 hours or even before. So I want to let you know that. We'll talk about that at the end. But... I'm here in Manhattan, New York, and doing the program. It's live at 6.30 uh, New York time, which is 3.30 California time. I want to talk about some things tonight that, um, you know, it's an interesting thing. I find out that what people believe will um, make differences in their body, in their mind, in their emotions, in their relationships and everything. I want to read you something. I've been uh, reading this book. I forget the, doc, uh, the doctor's name, but I'll get to it later. Um, belief informs every aspect of your life and your work. What you believe about your work. Many of you work on jobs, and you believe that the job is beneath you. You believe that the job is too hard for you, too difficult for you, whatever it is that you believe. And what happens is this, however it is that you believe about that job or believe about that situation, then you're going to create circumstances in your life that are going to match those beliefs. If I believe, you know, here it is a lot of times people uh, go on in life and uh, I, I really, uh, you know, look at people with religious spirits. You know, when we talk about a religious spirit, I don't even think that people understand what it is. They believe that the things that they're doing right because they live in a place called rote. They live doing things and doing things the way that they have done them forever. They just tweak them a little bit. They really think that their lives are going to change. Many of your businesses, many of the things that you've done and been doing for years, and you have seen little or no progress. The reason you've seen little or no progress is because you refuse to change from the inside out. You refuse to change your core beliefs. Core beliefs are one of the hardest things in order to change. And the only thing that can change a core belief, I believe, is the Word of God. But the Word of God has to be acted on. If it's not acted on, nothing will change. We talk about faith. Faith does. Faith does not just talk. Faith does not do things from the outside, okay? How many people have you noticed or you see they do things right on the outside, but their heart is really far from obedient. Their heart is far from God. They're inner man. They're doing things, but they don't really, they're, uh, they're, they're rebelling against it, okay? Really an interesting thing. I met with some people yesterday. I mean, while I've been in New York, it's really been one of the busy seasons for me. It's really kind of neat. Um, on Sunday, which was a, a, a neat day, I was in church and service all day because I watched the service that was going on in San Jose. But on uh, yesterday, Monday, I had meetings and I had appointments and all, and I, I noticed something. 
that one of the things that was happening to the people that I was talking to is that they would do things, but you could see that they were just doing things on the outside. They were walking through the process of it, but nothing was changing on the inside. They were disattached, disattached, disattached. You know, it's like a garage in California. Some of them you have the garage where you drive in, in my house. You drive into the garage and you come right into the house. Well, there are also properties that have garages that you have to go outside and then go inside. We're going to talk about the detached garages. We're going to talk about the detached people. There's so many people. I mean, people in our ministry, people that I know personally. I have children. I have uh, cousins. I have all kinds of people in my life that are really detached from what it is that they're doing. They do the things on the outside, but there's no human attachment to it. There's no real emotion to it. There's no, no true, uh, and when I say attachment, what I mean by that is that there is no life to it. They do lifeless things. Have you ever seen that? I mean, have you ever been there where here it is that you're doing something and you really have no real emotion about it? You have none of those things. It's just something that you do. I spoke to someone in our ministry on Sunday evening, and I mentioned some of the things that God was about, that God wanted to do in and through this person. And what happened was that I could see that something was going on. I could see the emotion that was attached to it. Why is that? Because the fear of the Lord came into this person. And what happened was the whole core of her being was, was, was touched. It was like, whoa, God wants to move in. First, he always wants to move in you. And then he wants to move through you. If he can't move in you, all you're going to do is to be going about doing the things, but never really having the human touch to it. Haven't you seen where uh, there's a lot of times in life where here it is, people are doing things, but there's no real human touch. I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying? People hug you, but there's no real human touch. They squeeze you, but there's no real human touch. It's like, okay, cardboard can do this. Let's stop it now. You know, it ain't real in the first place, okay? This happens a lot of times, and what happens is this. The belief that's in this person or the belief that's in these people is not real. This is why people can get into sexual uh, 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 behavior that's not of God. This is why people can get into, actually, it's almost like uh, a, 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 a sociopath. I mean, it, there's no real emotions that are attached to it. It's like, okay, okay. Okay, you know, you do something and you say something or whatever it is. Oh, okay, I'll change that. Okay, I'll do that. But there's nothing, no human aspects. They're unable to feel. So what do you do in a situation like that? Well, if the person doesn't go and get totally uh, delivered by the Spirit of God, then they need to be in therapy. They need to go into a place where you get to the root of it as to when did you lose the humanness? When did you lose the ability to be able to feel? When did you lose the attachment? And how does this happen many times? It happens by self-protecting. Oh, I don't want to hear that. 
Oh, I don't want to hear that. Don't say that because that hurts my feelings. And here it is. It's a, it's a form of self-protection, which comes from the devil. It's a demonic thing. Everybody in life was meant to go through things. In this life, the Bible says you will have troubles. But be of good cheer because I've overcome it. Everything that you come into, every situation, every problem, all of these things, you are meant to be an overcomer. But if you don't feel as you go through it, as you hide your feelings, as you shell yourself without allowing your emotions to go through it, what happens is you cut down, you, you, you shut down your emotional valves until where it is, is that here you are, you're still breathing, you still have blood in your, uh, running through your veins, but what goes on is this, you have no real attachment to people. You go forth, you smile, you're happy, I mean, you seem happy, you go through all these things, but there's nothing there. It's an empty shell. And so we want to deal, we want to, uh, want to I, would, I really want to help you with that because it's not living, it's existing. And many people in life exist. I have people in my own family that just exist. They don't have life. They don't have life. They pretend to have life, but you can look in their eyes and you can see nothing. You can look in their eyes and you can see that they go about doing things, they go about trying to do things, but they refuse to allow themselves to really, really feel what happens in a marriage. It says, you know, I love you, I want this, I want this. What happens in a mother-son or mother-daughter or, uh, or sister-brother relationship? I love you, I want this, but, you see, I mean, none of those things do. And they believe, they actually believe that they're living a life. But you look at them, you look at all of these things, you look at something, it never really works. Why? Because they're not allowing themselves to be a part of what's going on in life. You know, um, I, I found the other night, or the other day, or whatever it was, I went through a lot of emotional things. Yesterday, I went through some emotional things with someone else. It was like I was really feeling what they were feeling. Um, one of the people that I care about, you know, deeply, what happens is that they went through a, uh, they went through losing a child. They went through, uh, uh, this kind of, uh, you know, and, and going through the trauma of that, having a miscarriage. And when that thing happened, what happened is I found out how attached I get to people because what they were feeling, I was feeling and their tears became my tears my tears became their tears and then what happened is what happened outside of me inside of me came outside of me so that okay i said okay what are we going to do here's a plan here's how we're going to get through this because this is not the end of it we don't lose we work through things we do what's necessary to be done and so as a person that's caring also sensitive but caring and wanting the people to go ahead and feel. You see, here's one of the things that happens in life. We have a belief that says you shouldn't feel any pain. You shouldn't feel any sorrow. You shouldn't feel any of these things. But the Bible tells you this, that compassion feels, but it also lifts the person up. You know, uh, about a week or so ago, my son um, 
had an accident, a propane accident. And a lot of his boss burned. And the thing that he is going through right now, I mean, he's, he's, he's a trooper, really, in a lot of ways. But he is a lot, he's, he's trying to say, well, this is no big thing. And I'm saying, stop the crap, okay? Stop the crap. Allow yourself to feel the fact that this is something, but you're getting through it. You're going through it. Because if he cuts off his emotions, do you know what will happen, Carlita? If he cuts off his emotions, do you know what? That will shut him down from being the real human being that it is. Okay, I'm going through this. This is emotional, but I shall win. I shall win. You know, acknowledging the feelings, acknowledging the pain, acknowledging the hurt, acknowledging the anxiety, acknowledging those things. Doesn't mean that he has to live there. But this is a part of life. When something happens to your body until you're burned almost to the, I mean, burned to the bone, praise God, the bone was not burned. But the thing is, is that there is a lot of pain. There's physical pain, there's emotional pain, there's psychological pain, there's all of these different kinds of things. But if he denies it, then he's going to shut off a part of him that makes him great. And so many times we want to be so... You know, I mean, we want to be so tough. We want to be like, nothing touches me, nothing, you know. Or we get this fat, little, little uh, 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 sad look on our face as if we really care. Most of the time, most people don't even know how to care. The belief is, this is what I must be. I must be strong for you. I must be this for you. I must be this because I have Jesus. Oh, my gosh. That is about the saddest, sorriest poorest thing that anyone can say or look at. Do you understand? I, I see that this is happening. I sense that this is happening. We shall get through it. But if we have to cry, if we got to cry for this minute, let's go ahead and do this. Let's go ahead and do this. I do have pain. I do have anger. I do have these things. See, this is why the Bible says to, to be angry, but to sin not. What does that mean? What does that really mean? We mean Oh, I'm angry at the situation. No, I'm pissed. I'm angry at the people, at the situation. I'm angry at all of it. And God, I need you to help me. I need scripture. I need scripture so that I don't go out and rip these people from, from, from behind hole all the way up to head, okay? I need help, okay? And I'm calling on you. I am angry. I am hurt. I am all of that. But now I have admitted it. So now what am I going to do with it? Okay, I'm going to turn this and I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to choose to speak. I've already said what it is that I feel. I've already dealt with that. I've already admitted that. Or I hurt this person. I mean, I remember uh, just recently, eh, well, six months ago or something like that, that I did something that really hurt someone. And I'm thinking, I don't really see where this should have hurt you. But since it did, okay, since it did, I am so, so sorry. What was I sorry about? I mean, I didn't, I could not see my wrong. I could not see where I had hurt them. I couldn't see, I, I mean, I'm trying to wonder, why in the heck you got to be so sensitive about this thing? But the point of it was, is that I'm saying, okay, the word of God says to do unto others as I would have them to do unto me. Okay, I don't know what's going on in that person's life. I didn't know what was going on in that person's life. Later, I found out that they had had a deception, they had had this happen, this happen, and then here it is, somebody like me 
that was important in their life. I just did something little that, that was little, but it was piled on top of all the rest of it. And so therefore they felt like everybody was against them. But I had, I humbled myself. Number one is this, because I cared. In my head, I'm thinking, you know what? Get over yourself. But I heard with it, this is what I did. I had to go to God. God, what's going on here? What's happening here? What I did shouldn't have been that big. It really shouldn't have been that big of a thing. But what happened was this. It was big enough for it to touch that person, and it could have had it so that this individual would have closed themselves off to other people. Definitely don't want that. Because this is where it comes to having hard hearts. Many people are walking on the body of Christ, and they got such hard hearts, they don't even realize it. You know, it's like they're not touched with other people's infirmities. They're not touched with any of these things. And then I did not want to become that. I didn't want to cause it, and I didn't want to become it. So what I had to do is say, you know what? I am so, so sorry. I am so sorry. Can I hold you? Can I cry with you? Can I find out what's going on? And what happened as I start to just look at that person in their eyes, then just looking at them, not hearing anything, it brought tears to me. Why did it bring tears to me? Because I saw the hurt in their eyes. I saw a distance in their eyes. I saw a fear in their eyes. I saw where they were about to back off and put a shell. You see, a lot of times people have layers and layers and layers and layers of hurts that they've never dealt with or things that's happened in the family and things that's happened before and they didn't know how to deal with the issues. They didn't know how to do what they needed to do. And so therefore they closed off this part. They didn't realize that they're closing themselves off to God, closing themselves off to the body of Christ, closing themselves off to so many areas in their life. And they believe that they're walking in righteousness. You know, um, they believe that they're walking the way that they're supposed to. It's an interesting thing, deception. And then you tell them, you know what, you're walking in deception. I'm not walking in deception. You're walking in, you're living deception. I'm not living deception. I'm not deceived. I know what I'm doing. I know how I feel. I know this. I mean, I, God would let me know if I was deceived. Well, you can't hear God. You see, you can get to a place where you hear so much you. And I know the word of God. I know the word of God. This is what the Bible says. In the multitude of counsel, there's, there's wisdom. You know, I, I tell husbands. I tell wives. I tell different people. I had a, a counseling session today. And I, I was sharing with uh, this person, you know, you need to look at some of the parts of you that you don't like. Oh, I like all of me. No, you don't. Why are you seeing me if you like all of you? Well, I'm doing this because of my, my marriage. Well, evidently, there are some parts of you that you must think is not right. There are some things that's going on. You Okay, so you're treating yourself and you're treating your wife and you're treating your family the way that you want to be treated. Well, no. I mean, I do this, but, you know, they don't have to. They, they, I, I, I take good care of my family. This is what it is that I do. This is how it is that I am. But when we started getting down to the core parts of it, 
this person had to say, he had to say, you know what, Dr. Baker, I really didn't want you to get this deep into me, but you really can see what's going on. I'll do the assignment because I don't want to be this way. You know, I'm saying, okay, you drink, you, you gamble, you go to the bars, you do these types of things, and you do it because you have such responsibility. Here it is, you feel like I gotta be strong for my wife, I gotta be strong for my kids, I gotta be strong for this, I gotta be strong for this, I gotta be strong for this, I gotta take all these responsibilities on, but you've never dealt with the situation that happened to you as a child. How do you know what happened to me as a child? Because I can see it. I can see what happened. Well, you know, I've gotten over that, but I'm still angry. I'm angry at my mother. I'm angry at this. Well, you haven't gotten over it. You haven't gotten over it. You're still dealing with the hurt. You're still dealing with the abandonment. You're still dealing with all of that. You put all of these words, and I hate all these psychological words, but they, they, they help to, you know, to explain what it is that I'm talking about. You're still dealing, actually, you're not dealing with it. You're still sitting on it because you've never chosen to bring it up so that it could be exposed, so that you could look at it. And you can look at the fact, I don't care why she did this. I don't care why they did this. All I know is they did that to me, and this is what's going on with me. And when you start to get to that place, and now what am I going to do with it? Am I going to be a victim for the rest of my life? Am I going to walk in this for the rest of my life? Am I going to allow this to affect other relationships that I have so that I have super, super, uh, uh, superficial relationships? Most people in, there's so many people, especially in the body of Christ, especially so-called Christians uh, uh, that have superficial relationships, most of the marriages have no depth. There are so many that have no depth. And I see people say, oh, I just want to be married. Do you really? Do you really? Deal with your mess first and make sure that you tell God, oh, I, 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 don't, I don't want him or I don't want her until they deal with their mess because people have superficial relationships. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, oh, if we get married, you know, we can do this and we can do this and we can do ministry together and we can do all of these things. And, you know, husband talks about how great my wife is. Wife talks about how great my husband is doing this and they're doing this and this is what they do. But the interaction, Zippo, they're oblivious to what their mate needs. They're oblivious to what other people need. And then they go on and they're told about it and they, huh, huh, hmm, I don't see that. No, you don't see it. You don't see. You're blind. Why are you blind? Because you have no real feelings. So, you know, people do what they do because they actually believe this mess. They believe this, okay? Let me go into another little part of this. Okay. Um, you know, we can look at the thing and say, I view everything through the lens of a holy father. I do, do I, I see everything through the eyes of God or through the word of God. But if your feelings, if your human feelings in your brain and your mind and all that you do, if you haven't dealt with your mess, no matter how much you think you may see everything through a religious nature, 
but you don't see everything through a holy through the holy lens of God. Why is that? Because you can't see. He says, there you go. You see, but you don't see. You do, but you don't really do. You have, but you have not because you ask not. And then you ask, and you don't get it because you're asking with the wrong motives. You're not asking with the motives of saying, okay, I'm just totally exposed. Let me be totally exposed. All right, here's another concept. Here's another thing. People think being totally exposed is just telling stuff that they do. Oh, you know, I did this and I did this and 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 you know, I went to the bathroom and 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 you know, I ate this and I, I did this and I did this sin and whatever it is. You think that's being totally open. No, that's just the stuff that you're able to tell. Okay? But when somebody starts to get down to the real nitty-gritty, to the real ugly to the real emotions and the real feelings it's like closed off get out of here we're not going to talk about that you don't say it but that's what it is that you mean okay uh believe what i believe it informs every aspect of my life and my work that's what we started off to okay there's a spirit we are spirit we are spirit beings because we're made in the image and the likeness of God. Okay. I'm made in the image and the likeness of God. What does that really mean? Okay. Uh, another thing. Okay. Uh, we have a soul, which is my mind and my will and my emotions. What does that really mean? I mean, we talk about all these things, and then we know what the body is. That's the blood. That's the the blood, the bones, the muscles, and all of that. We can we can get in touch with that one, but the rest of it. Made in the image and likeness of God. Okay, let's look at God. Huh. The image and the likeness of God. What does that really look like for us? Does that, I mean, God, is, does God hide anything? There's nothing hidden in God. And if we hide ourselves in God, if we move into God, that means that we desire to be transparent. Well, what would transparency really look like to us? What would that realm? We're made in the image and the likeness of God. But until God comes in and cleans up those areas, we don't operate in the image and the likeness of God. We operate the way that mankind operates. I'll catch that. Get her, just tell her to give you the stuff. Uh, we operate, uh, I'm, I'm doing this in, a, in, in my room, so, um, we operate in the way that we operate because this is comfortable for us, and when we do something that's just comfortable for us, then what happens is this, we're not operating in the way that God would operate, we're operating in the way that other people would like for us to operate. We're operating in a way that's comfortable for us. We're operating in a mannerism that's, uh, it's actually foreign to God, but it's comfortable for us. Are, are, are you hearing this, okay? So in order to operate the way that we were meant to operate, number one, we have to remember that we came into a fallen world. 
But when we accept Jesus as Lord in our lives, we become a new creation in Christ, a new species of being, where he says old things are passed away and, and new things are become. We become a whole new creature. We become a whole new species of being. Well, what was that? What does that really mean? We become so vulnerable to the word of God, to the things of God. We become so vulnerable and so caring about others. We walk as Christ walked in the earth. Well, what does that mean? He did not consider, he, here it is, people talked about him. You know they called him. You know they talked about his mama. You know they talked about him. You know they cursed him. You know they did all of these different things to him. He was totally vulnerable. He allowed people to say things. And what did he have to do with it? He had to look at those things and he had to, to, to separate who he is from what it was that they were saying, but it didn't harden him. And that's the thing. You see, we, we, we don't understand. We don't understand how to say, okay, this part, this is the way that it seems. This is what seems right. There is truth in this, but there's error in this. Joseph is my earthly father, but he, the people don't know where I came from. I don't have the same blood. I don't have, I don't have human blood. I don't, I'm not from that. And when we come into him, our whole DNA system, our whole everything changes until now I am more tender than I have ever been. I am more, I'm, I'm tender, but I'm more resilient than I've ever been. I realize that I can do everything and I am everything that he says I am. And then I start to look at it and I start to see myself as changed. I start to see myself as this person that he says that I am and, and, and actually become, become one with that. I lose the person that I was and I become so much more tender, vulnerable, real, uh, viable, powerful, all of these things than I ever could have been before. And what happens is this, now I take on the mind of God, made in his image and after his likeness, I take on the mind of God. I take on the mind of Jesus. He says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to equate himself with God, but took on a lower state. You see, I don't look at other people as being less than I am. I don't look at other people as, as, as instruments. I don't look at other people in ways that I used to look at other people. And so all of those things that happen, I start to look at people and I start to feel I have, have empathy for them. You know, I've been married a lot of times in the past. Well, I mean, that was kind of a redundant, stupid statement because of course it's been in the past, it's not right. Couldn't be married a whole lot of times right now. I'd be a bigamist, and I'm not a bigamist, okay? But what I mean is this, and I've had a lot of things to happen in my marriages. I mean, I did a lot of wrong, and my former husbands did a lot of wrong and all of that. But you know, when uh, there became a day that it was like, wow, hey, dude. And I mean, I was talking to myself, which I'm not a man, but dude can be female, male, whatever. Anyway, I'm looking at myself and say, dang, woman, you were a rotten piece of work, okay? I mean, you were really something. You owe a lot of people some apologies. 
you know, you have done and you did this, okay? It was where I wasn't looking at the hurts, you know, that they had caused me. I was looking at the hurts that I had caused them because what happens is this, what happened was this. All of, I mean, most of my life before then, it was like this happened so I had to protect myself. This happened so I had to protect myself. This happened so I had to protect myself. I was so cold, so callous, so uh, treacherous, so vindictive, so all of that stuff. But when I recognize something that, that I'm forgiven as I forgive others, and that if I can be forgiven, if God can forgive me from doing all those things, who am I to hold anything against anyone? That one, the day I realized that, that was the day that I forgave my father for dying. That was during the time that I forgave him because he died when I was five or six years old. And I never could understand why. I always thought it was my fault. I always thought it had something to do with me that he died. But I was able to go ahead, release him, and to forgive him. I was able to release all the people that had done these different things in my life. I, re I was able to release the way my mother acted. What I, the way I saw her treat me, I was able to forgive this. I was able to forgive this because I started looking at all the people that I had done stuff to. And I'm thinking, dang, if I hold on to this, then they need to hold on to what I've done. And so therefore, if I ask them forgiveness and what happened is something broke. It was like a river broke on the inside of me. And where I had not been able to feel, because I was cold. I mean, I was cold. I would pretend this warmth, but it wasn't there. It was not genuine. It was not genuine. It's almost as if, you know how you live in, in, in another world? It, it's like, okay, you can come this close, but this ain't real. You know, this is, you're not going to get this close to me. You're not going to get into my emotions. But now it doesn't matter. I'm okay to be hurt. I'm okay for people to do things. I'm okay for that because I know that it's the hurt that they're going through. So I believe that, that uh, to be touched, in order to be touched, I have to be touchable. In order to be moved, I have to be movable. And all of those things are important. Okay, let me keep going. I hope you're getting something out of this in this afternoon. Uh, let's see. Oh, my mental state, the mental state of people. I mean, this is, this is another important thing. We walk through life and we think that we're mentally healthy. We walk in shame because of something that has happened in the past, something that, that we have done or others have done to us. We blame people. We blame people for uh, our failures, failures in, in business. We go into business. Oh, I want to talk about business people. I want to talk about jobs. I want to talk about those things, okay? Let's do that. Let me skip from that. I mean, you know, if you have any questions about any of the stuff that I've mentioned before, just, just send us an email at astoundinglove.org, and uh, I'll answer, you know, I'll answer that or whatever it is. But let's look at jobs. Why do people work? The Bible says work, that you have something to give. Okay. Most of the time you go on a job and you try to find out how much you're going to pay me. You haven't hit a lick at a snake yet, but here it is. 
you want to find out how much you're going to make. You haven't done anything. You haven't looked at it and said, I'm an asset. I'm here to be an asset to this job. I'm here because I know that this business, this corporation, this situation, uh, whatever it is that you're doing, this is some place that needs me. I can be an addition to it. I can help the people here. I can be an asset. And you go in as a new creation. If you go in as a new creation, then you're going in to find out how you can be an asset, how I can help them. It's not about you. Because the Bible tells you, whatever it is that I make happen for others, he will make happen for me. I just had a situation where I had helped some people and had done a lot of work for them. And, and um, you know, when they first started to come and whatever it was, they, they paid me. And then their finances, their a whole lot of stuff happened to them. And I saw them, I continued to see them year after year, uh, time after time, or whatever it is, and didn't charge them anything. I told them, you don't owe me anything. You know, just forget it. When, um, you know, when you get really blessed or this happens or whatever it is, give a gift to my ministry. And that's great. Well, on, on this past week, what happened is this. They received the letter. Here it is, right in the time of need, where the ministry had a need, right in the time of need, they, uh, well, I was here in New York. What happened is they sent us a letter along with a check, a sizable check. And it was, thank you for what it is that you did for me and my family, for us. And we want to see this into your ministry. You see, the whole thing of it was is this, is that I didn't work for the money. Did I need the money or could I ever use the money? Uh, could I ever use the income? I bet you bet your Tucci I could have. But the whole thing of it is, is this. I didn't, I, I didn't make them feel bad. I didn't make them feel as if, you know, they should pay me at that time or any of those things because they had done what they did. And I try, I mean, I worked because I wanted the family to be better. Right now, I have clients. I have people that I see that right now I am not charging them. I have other clients that are paying me for doing whatever it is because this is the way that they choose to do. But the whole thing of it is, is this. I only see those people I know that I've been assigned to help. If I can't help you, if I don't believe that I can help you or if we don't have this trust level or whatever it is, I won't see people. I won't work just for money. You know, when I was in the world, I turned tricks. I don't turn tricks in the body. I don't turn tricks with my business. I don't do that kind of a thing. I don't work for money. I work for the betterment of people, and then money comes to me. That's why whatever it is that I do, I do it as unto God. But that's because I belong to him. And if I did it in any other fashion, then it would mean that I'm giving. I'm, I'm a false person, that I'm... I'm producing something that's not real. I'm producing something that's not righteous. There's some of you out there that have never really cried a real tear. Never really cried a real tear. There's so many different types of tears that people cry. Many of them are false. You know, it's like you go and you, you, you're profiling someone. You're looking at someone and they, their wife or their husband or whatever it is they uh, you know, they're missing, their child is missing, or somebody's missing, you see them crying on TV, and you look and you say, that ain't real, that ain't real, 
you look and, and, and you see those tears. And if they were tested, you'd find out that those tears are not the tears of grief. Those tears are fake tears. So, you know, most many people live that way. You'd be surprised at how many people that have no real true emotions. I would like for you, you know, to check yourself, to find out from yourself, to really find out where you are. It's worth it. You are worth it. You're worth the, the time and the effort to, to you know, do a self-test. What do I really feel? Do I really have genuine emotions? Do I really feel anything for anybody? Do I really feel anything for me? You know, I went through a bout with my memory. And where I had to fight for thoughts and fight for, for memory and fight for these things. And then I would read and I was detached. I was detached from it. It was as if I was living in a fog. And living in this, there was no, I'd read the word of God and I, I'd get something right then, but then I'd lose it. I would talk to someone and I would sense something going on, feeling something, and then I would lose it. It was like I was detached from myself, detached from people, detached from everything. And I hated that feeling. I hated it because, number one, it wasn't me. And I had to go and find out, okay, what is going on here? And it was because what was going on in my brain and what was going on in me, the, 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 the thing, I, I, the situation would happen but the connectability was not there. I was not charging. My brain wasn't charging right. And I had to, I had to find out what is the disconnect? What is the detachment? What is that? But I would not stop until I got back together, until I got back with my emotions, my, my um, uh, all parts of me working the way it's supposed to work. Because I don't want to be detached. I do not want to be where I don't feel hurt, where I don't feel pain, where I don't feel, I must feel. I must be able to be empathetic. I must be able to be compassionate. I must be able to, to allow something to affect me. I must be attached because if I'm not, I will never be able to release and to do what it is that God wants done. You know, it's just the falseness, it's the phoniness. I mean, I run into so many people that are so phony, that are so, I mean, just, just the shells of people. And you need to check yourself out. You need to go to someone that you trust. You, you know, need to find out how am I? I mean, you know, do you, do you sense my caring? If you're married, you know, ask your spouse, do you really sense my caring for you? If you're not, I mean, if it's a family member or a friend or whatever it is, do you really sense the caring? Do you sense that I'm touched when you're touched? Do you sense, sense that when I touch you that I really mean it? Do you sense this? And if not, then you need to check you out. You know, it, it, it's like any therapist, if I, I mean, myself being a therapist, if I didn't go and talk to somebody, if I didn't 
allow myself to be vulnerable to somebody, then here it is. I'm one of these people that's always giving advice but never allowing advice to be given to me. I'm, 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 I'm a great therapist to you, but I don't have one. Oh, no, 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 no. That's a dangerous place to be. Every good therapist, every great therapist, every pastor, every apostle, every evangelist, every teacher, all of us, we go. And, and, and as the Bible says, you know, let the, prophet, let the prophet judge the prophet. Let this one judge this. All of us are accountable. And, and, and when we're walking in a place where we think that we got all the answers, that's when trouble comes. I'm going to share something with you that happened. Um, there was a, um, you know, we are to police ourselves. Ministers police themselves. They're supposed to. Even in the body of Christ, it's like, here it is. We have, uh, there's a minister that recently, had, I mean, ministered all over the world, powerful minister and whatever it is but was a God unto himself, uh, sexually, uh, um, you know, drugs, all of these other kinds of things. And when he was told or when he was, was uh, uh, confronted with this, he didn't want to change. He didn't want to come up under the, the authority of other ministers and say, okay, I'm, I'm, I want to be accountable. I want, I, I want this thing right. I want this. Because what happens is this, we get too big in our own eyes. I never want that to happen, never want that to happen. And when someone says something to me about me, do you know one of the things I do? I check it out. I go to God. I go to others. I mean, I humble myself. Why is that? Because I always want to be one that's really in tune with other people. Anytime I get out of tune with other people, I'm no good for anybody. No good for the body of Christ. No good for the body of the devil. I'm no good for the body of anything. I mean, you know, it's just the worthless. Is I'm just here, and if that's all that life is about, why even waste? Why even waste the breath? Don't want to do that. Not gonna be suicidal. Why is that? One of the reasons for that is is that I I I, I have purpose. I have I have a reason for being in the earth. You have a reason for being in the earth. If you're still here, you have a reason for being here. I'm not going to talk about your purpose, your destiny, what's written in the book. I'm just talking about a reason. You got a reason for being here. Live that reason. Find out. This is the first of the year. This is 2020. January 2020. I'm going to end this program with this. I'm, I'm asking you, you know, let someone, if you're married, go to your spouse. Talk to them. Ask them, do you really think that I'm, I'm in touch with you? Do you really think that I connect with you? Do you really think that I listen to you? Do you really think, do you feel that I listen to you? Do you feel that you're important to me? Do you feel that, that I'm, I'm, um, I, I'm, I'm really a part of this or do, or what is it that you feel? What is it that you see? And be open to it. Don't defend yourself. And then you can take that to God. Or then you can go and talk to someone else. You can go and say, I need some help. I need help. Because, and when you go to God or you go to somebody, you he will, he will just let all of those other hurts, all of those, those, those wounded places on the inside of you, 
He will cut open those things so that all that poison can come out so that you can be human. You can be flexible. You can be one that can be touched. You will be usable for the kingdom of God because there's many people in the kingdom, in, in, in the church, many people that call themselves believers that are really useless. They do a lot of stuff, but they have no real attachment to other people. It's a dangerous place to be. And I know if you're watching this program, you don't want to be there. So uh, I'm, um, you know, getting ready to sign off. It's, oh, wow, I've almost talked an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and have fun with it. Uh, you know, but when the Spirit of God finishes finishes up, I'm finished too. So, any rate, this is Dr. B. Baker, and this has been my Tuesday night chat. Remember, we're located at 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard, San Jose, California, 95131. Our phone number is 408-945-4439. Our uh, web address is www.astoundinglove.org. And if you choose to give into this, uh, push the donate button. Go on there and push the donate button. If you have questions or comments or whatever it is, go ahead and, and uh, do contact. And Crystal will get back to you within 24 hours if the question that you want or prayer that you need, whatever it is that we can do here at this ministry, we are available for you. We only do this because it's about you. So you're important to God. You're important to us. And I'll see you next week from California uh, when we're here to tell it like it is on the Tuesday Night Chat program. I want to thank Carlita for being here and being my sound person or my, my whatever it is that happens so that I'm able to do this thing. And uh, Arena, which helped her to be able to get it together. And thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. End it. Turn it off.